protein we view as the most important of the three macronutrients and the most important component to make sure that we're getting enough of in our diet after we've controlled for calorie intake. Welcome to the show where we help you make smart nutrition simple. If you want proven nutrition strategies to help you build a better body and create the energy to show up for your family without overly restrictive and unrealistic dieting, then you're in the right place. Make sure to subscribe and enjoy this episode. Welcome back to another episode of the Smart Nutrition Made Simple Show. I am your host as always, Ben Brown, owner and CEO of BSL Nutrition, where we help you change your belief system around what it means to be healthy. And today I'm continuing the conversation on our nutrition series. Uh, Today we're going to be talking all about protein. Now, if you haven't caught the last two episodes, we discussed our nutritional priming approach as first and foremost of how we help our clients leverage a calibration phase of of just simply understanding, okay, how do we create more awareness? How do we help our clients understand how many calories they're actually consuming? Why is it relevant? Help them get a better understanding of the foods that they're taking in the implications of those foods, how the calories add up. And then in the second episode of the nutrition series, we talked about the implications of calorie intake, why it's so relevant in the context of weight loss, specifically how all diets' main objective is to help you control for calories and how calorie reduction is the biggest primary driver of weight loss in and of itself. There's a myriad of ways where you can obviously do that through different diets, and we won't go into any of those, frankly, but simply how we look at this process as a business, having worked with hundreds and thousands of clients at this point over my close to 20-year career, and really created this process that we call our pure science proven results process to help our clients walk through uh, this roadmap to getting really great results and ultimately building this level of autonomy that they need, right? That we all need as humans. We need autonomy. We need to be empowered to be able to make decisions that are right for us, given the situations that we're in. And that's why we don't really subscribe to one-off diet plans or fad diets or you know all of the things, the intermittent fasting, the keto, the carnivore, the plant-based. It's not that there's anything wrong with any of those. There's, there's obviously a context and, and, and a dependency on the individual that are relevant when utilizing those modalities. I'll simply say that they are tools in and of themselves to mostly help control for calories, to help eliminate inflammatory foods, to curb our eating windows, to help us make better decisions at the end of the day, to create a certain level of accountability. And we can frankly do all of that in our coaching process without creating the need for overt levels of restriction. And what I've observed and what we know from human psychology is that when we can practice from a place of adding instead of subtracting, people are a lot more likely to subscribe to long-term change. And that's what we want. That's our objective here is we are not in the business of creating radical transformations, snapping before and after pictures, and then sending clients on their way only to gain the weight back because they didn't instill the habits, behaviors, routines, and lifestyle change required to maintain that transformation. We are in the business of creating radical transformations that are going to stick, 
right? And it's not always the sexy before and after pictures, but it is the identity shift and the belief system shift that helps people move from, from, from the person that they are now to the person ultimately that they are striving to become. And the, the shift in the identity that happens along the way by virtue of learning the skills and the tools and the behaviors and having the support and accountability. And so as we dive into today's episode, we are moving up the hierarchy of importance around our nutritional coaching process. So we talked about, again, we talked nutritional priming, we talked calorie awareness. If you haven't already listened to those episodes, I would encourage you to stop this episode, go back and listen to the previous two episodes in this nutrition series, just to provide the context from which I'm going to build on. We've all heard about the importance of protein, and I'm not going to get into the biochemistry, but Protein is one of the three macronutrients, right? We have protein, we have carbohydrates, and fats. And these macronutrients, which by the way, our next nutrition series is going to cover macronutrients in a little more detail and and the importance and kind of how we think about subscribing to to quote-unquote macros from a coaching and an intake standpoint. But again, today is all about protein. And so protein being one of the three macronutrients, now when we think about proteins, most of us will think about animal proteins, right? We'll think about chicken and fish and steak and eggs and cheese and lamb and elk and all of these animal-based protein sources. Of course, there are plant-based sources, and I'm not going to talk to the benefits of one versus the other. Animal-based protein sources are going to be the most dense sources of protein, period. That's it. So within that is we understand the relevance of having a certain percentage of your calorie intake made up of proteins, right? Whether you choose to get it from animal-based or plant-based, whatever, it's up to you. We strongly encourage animal-based again, because it's the most dense source. Of course, we also encourage quality protein sources. So, you know, not eating cows that are primarily grain-fed, that have been slaughtered in commercial facilities, blah, 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 all of those types of things. So, I think that goes without saying. So buy sustainably farmed, sourced from your local farmers, grass-fed, finished. Animals should be able to, you know, should be eating what they're supposed to eat. So with that said, there's a myriad of benefits to protein intake. And I think of the three macronutrients, and the reason I'm talking about this now in the nutrition series is that because is that protein really does have the most relevance and, and is as the name protein implies in Latin, protein is of first importance. And so protein we view as the most important of the three macronutrients and the most important component to make sure that we're getting enough of in our diet after we've controlled for calorie intake. So it's not uncommon for us to have conversations with clients in the early stages of their coaching program around not only their calorie intake, but also the amount of protein that they're consuming and making sure that we're doing everything in our power to help our clients increase their protein intake to a certain amount. And so the reasons for that are several, right? The reasons for that are one is because protein is, as if you recall from like biology class, protein is a building block is a major building block of cellular health, of muscle mass, of joint integrity, right? Tendons and ligaments and organ tissues. It's a major driver of immune system health and function. So anytime we're sick, 
our protein intake demands go up. As we get older and we start to lose lean muscle tissue, uh, our protein demands actually go up. And as we get older and our digestive abilities reduce, our protein intake demands go up, which not a lot of people realize, by the way. And so it is pivotal that we learn the tools and the skills necessary to be able to get enough protein on a daily basis. So not only is protein really, really important for immune system health and cellular integrity and joints and recovery from injuries and athletic performance and all of these things, but protein is also a really important driver of helping us manage hunger and satiety. And I think when it comes to weight loss, this is perhaps the most important component that we need to acknowledge is that when we eat more protein, we simply are satiated longer. So we experience less hunger and more satiety for longer periods of time. So you can imagine if you're not as hungry throughout the day by virtue of eating enough protein, then you are going to consume less, right? Now, if we think about and, and reflect back on our calorie conversation, obviously that's important when it comes to weight loss. So if we're trying to control for calories, especially if we're in a calorie deficit, we need to make sure we're always eating enough protein because it's going to help us stay full longer. Hey friends, quick pause in this episode for an exciting announcement. I'm thrilled to let you know that we've officially partnered with Fullscript to create our own very high-end quality supplement store. Fullscript is the number one online dispensary for professional-grade supplements. And while we do have our own small retail shop for our Complete Essentials training formula, we're often asked for recommendations when it comes to products outside of those that we carry. Now, as you probably have realized, the internet is the Wild West when it comes to supplements, and it's tough to find many of the best products from a reliable source and at an affordable price. I've heard many stories of people ordering something off Amazon and receive something completely different in the bottle, which can actually be quite dangerous when it comes to nutritional supplements. And so in the BSL Nutrition Fullscript Dispensary, we've hand-selected a few dozen of our personal favorites, and we've broken them into easily searchable categories, including Ben's favorites. Now, the best part of this situation is that due to the buying power of groups, we're able to get you a 15% off retail pricing on the entire catalog of professional products in our shop. These are brands like Designs for Health, Biotics, Research, Biobotanical Research, Microbiome Labs, Seeking Health, and more. So just click on the Join BSL Nutrition Supplement Shop in the show notes to create your free account and place your first order. Orders over $50 receive free shipping on top of our 15% discount on everything. And just so you know, the criteria we use to determine what went into the shop is, is the product something we would recommend and or take ourselves and give to our kids? Is the product of the highest quality? And can we provide a lower cost than is available anywhere else on the web? Now, we sincerely hope this helps you save money and acquire the highest quality products for you and your family. And let's get back to the show. Additionally, with protein intake, protein specifically has a very high what's called thermic effect of food, meaning it actually requires us to burn more calories through the process of digesting proteins. And so 
Oftentimes, people will speak to the benefits of this from a calorie expenditure standpoint. And while it's somewhat minimal, it's still relevant, is that the more protein we consume to a certain point, really the more calories we're going to expend actually breaking those proteins down, which, you know, if we really translate that over time, is certainly advantageous to say nothing of the impact of protein on lean muscle tissue, the strength training process, making sure we're actually providing the raw materials to lay down, build, support, and maintain lean muscle tissue, and on and on. And so what we typically need is anywhere from around 25 to say 40% of our calorie intake should absolutely be made up of protein intake. Now, I was having a conversation with a client the other day, and he was expressing some concern because his doctor was suggesting that he was over-consuming protein. Right, so for context, uh, this is a 175-pound male whose goal is fat loss, and um, he's consuming around, I'll say, around 2,100 calories, and I've got him consuming around 175 grams of protein, right? Um, and that's probably somewhere around 30, 30 percent, maybe 35 percent of his his total calorie intake. Point being is that one is there's really no deleterious effects to higher amounts of protein intake, assuming that someone has a healthy digestion, healthy kidney function, they're eating quality protein sources, like on and on. Um, I think we can certainly make a case that depending on like how the protein is cooked, we don't want to like char our protein. We don't want all this burnt crisp, you know, that can create a lot of free radicals. We're not going to go down the rabbit hole of how we're cooking our proteins and, and, and all of those types of things. But we've talked about this before, like we could make a case for eliminating all foods at the end of the day. So um, we kind of got to pick our poisons here. But the point is that while the doctor expressed concern over the amount of protein intake that this gentleman was consuming, um, he wasn't suggesting if he were to reduce his protein intake, what would he be replacing those calories with? And I think one of the problems that we find ourselves in is we can make a case potentially or we express concern over consuming certain foods. I shouldn't eat too much protein. I shouldn't eat too many carbs. I shouldn't eat too many fats. Well, if you shouldn't do any of those things, what in the heck are you actually building your calories out of, right? So if he's consuming 2,100 calories and we go ahead and we reduce his protein intake, all that means is that he's going to have to make up the calorie difference with more carbohydrates and more fats. And for most people, they're not going to replace those calories with carbohydrates from whole grains, from vegetables, from fruits, from healthy fats like avocado and maybe nuts and seeds and olive oil. It's just not going to happen. And so it's very relevant to put things into context to say, okay, well, that might be the case under certain circumstances. But in this particular case, I know for this gentleman that he wouldn't be replacing proteins with healthier food choices, in which case for him, for body composition, for blood sugar regulation, for satiety, for lean muscle mass, for energy, for his immune system health, it's actually in his best interest to make sure he's eating enough, if not more protein than he's currently consuming. We've got to take all of these things into context and understand the situational dependency here. And so I can't express that enough. So aside from aiding in hunger, satiety, 
Um, what we really want to look at with our clients is we look at spreading our protein intake out equally throughout the day. So typically what we want to see is for a female, at least 30 grams of protein with each of their meals at least three times a day. And, and generally what we recommend is around a gram of protein per pound of ideal body weight. So if we've got a 150 pound female, maybe she'd ideally be 125 pounds. Say, okay, let's work you up to 125 grams of protein as being one of the logical steps in the, the coaching process. Right, And so for this guy, he, he was starting eating like 80 or 90 grams of protein, if that. So we've progressively been building up his protein intake, which has helped him tremendously in terms of his energy levels, his lean muscle tissue, his body composition improvement, helping to manage his hunger. And so the way that works best for most people in terms of getting protein intake is understanding like, well, it probably makes the most sense to spread the protein out equally throughout the day. Right, So for a female, it might be uh, 30 grams or 40 grams of protein three times a day. For this gentleman, it ends up being 40 to 50 grams of protein four times a day. That's going to be, what, anywhere from 160 to 200 grams of protein. Again, his goal is 175, so that puts him right in that range, right there. Now, you can understand for a lot of people, they think, well, that sounds like a lot of protein. And sure, it is relative to what they were consuming before, but also understand that by virtue of eating more protein, we're now crowding out a lot of the crap foods that people were consuming previously, a lot of the unnecessarily and overly processed and hyperpalatable junk foods, potato chips, crackers, uh, pretzels, cookies, cakes, sugary beverages, because people are satiated for longer, they have more energy, they have they can manage their cravings better. They can think more clearly. All of these are the benefits of increasing protein intake, which is part of why it's so far down, I should say, in the hierarchy of importance here in terms of things that we know help our clients really move the needle. So with our suggestions is, again, take that number. So think about your ideal body weight, 150, 200 pounds, whatever that is. A gram of protein per pound of body weight is what we, we typically suggest spread out evenly throughout the day. So if it's 200 grams, 50 grams, four times a day. Now, again, what I was getting at, what you can imagine is if I'm intermittent fasting and I have 200 grams of protein, I'm only eating between the hours of say 12 and 6 p.m. or 12 and 8 p.m. That's going to be a shitload of protein to try and consume over a relatively short period of time. To say nothing of when I'm training, um, supplements, all of those types of things, we'll save that for another conversation. But this is where it's so, so important for us to then take these guidelines and really work one-on-one -on -one with our clients to help them establish their routines, their structure, their planning, their preparation. And this is where the rubber meets the road, is how many times have you been given this information of saying, okay, here's where my calories should be, here's where my macros should be, but you're not giving any context as to how do I realistically plug this in throughout the day? And this is really where we help our clients create that semblance of structure. Say, okay, well, what does 50, 50 grams of protein at breakfast actually look like for you? Because I'll tell you right now, it's going to be a hell of a lot more than just two eggs and a couple slices of bacon. Like we need to have a robust breakfast. So how do we do that? How do we build that out? How do we help you make a better decision at lunch rather than having two huge slices of bread and a, a paltry, you know, slice or two of, of turkey uh, in between, 
right, with a bunch of mayonnaise. How are you setting the stage for success? Because when our clients do this consistently, it actually becomes tremendously easier to manage that calorie deficit, which is one of the problems that a lot of people get into when they don't have the planning and preparation tools and skills at their disposal. Um, So that's what I wanted to share specifically around protein intake. In the next conversation, we'll talk to macronutrient intake. Um, But the big takeaway for you guys here today is I want you to understand and think about um, the amount of protein that's probably relevant for you, right? We talked about nutritional priming. We talked about the need to track your calorie intake and really audit yourself. The nutritional priming approach of just taking a couple weeks, tracking your intake and paying attention to how the calories add up. Then we talked about establishing calorie awareness and saying, okay, if I'm consistently eating at 2,700 calories and the weight's not moving, I'm being honest with myself, I'm being honest with my tracking or accurate with my tracking, then it would beg the question of and necessitate uh, a calorie reduction. Now, next to the calorie reduction, we want to make sure within that calorie deficit, we're getting enough protein. So shooting for somewhere around 30 to 40% of those calories from protein for all of the reasons that I said, so that we can make sure we're staying satiated from meal to meal, we have enough energy, we're setting the stage for success and supporting lean muscle tissue through that process. Beyond that, then is where once our clients can establish these skills, which to be honest, this is the vast majority of what we talk to to most clients about. It's less common for us to really get into full, what we call full macronutrient distributions of saying you need to eat 200 protein, 200 carbs, 100 grams of fat, than it is to just give them a protein minimum, saying hit at least 200 grams of protein and try not to exceed 2,200 calories, as an example. Uh, But I'll touch on that in our next Nutrition Series episode. Hope this has been helpful for you guys. And uh, yeah, we'll catch you in the next episode. Thank you so much for listening. And if you found this content valuable, here are four ways I can help you in your nutrition journey for free. One, grab a free copy of my Fat Loss Fix Guide at fatlossfixguide.com. Two, join my free group at smartnutritionmadesimple.com. Three, subscribe to my YouTube channel at smartnutritionmadesimpletv.com. Four, leave a five-star rating and positive review so that we can gain access to more nutrition experts ready to share their knowledge with you and ultimately help more people make smart nutrition simple. 